0: We are still in foundations. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Let's just dive in right there. Have you got your Bibles open? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Bueller. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of, there's six of them, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, I'm doing that on purpose, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. These are the foundation that we are to build on. We are to build this, we are to lay this foundation, and begin to build on that foundation, not always relaying the foundation. So, somehow, church, we need to get this, and we need to begin to build on it. We've already been over repentance, we've already been over faith. I want to encourage you. We have a way for you to connect to the body through food. We're having baked spaghetti Wednesday night. It's homemade. It's cheap. If you bring your kids, it's free for the kids. Can't beat it. And then we get together and talk about these foundations. The Lord told us to do it. We're trying our best to follow it. But you need to grab hold of this and begin to put your foundation down in your home. The home needs to change. Amen? Home needs to change. That means you need to change. Do not miss your you in this. This is for you. This whole thing in Hebrews chapter 6, he's talking to believers. And he's saying we need to move on from the elementary things. But if you don't have the elementary things, you need to get those. Right? Okay. So, Last week, we started off on baptisms, the doctrine, you can see it here, the doctrine of baptisms. We learned last week that the word baptize is a Greek word meaning to be dipped or completely immersed beneath the surface of water or some other thing. We also learned that this is a plural, not singular. It's not one baptism. It is multiple baptisms. And we saw last week that there are four distinct baptisms. There is John's baptism, which was a baptism of repentance um, for the remission of sins. There was Jesus's baptism of suffering that he said, you cannot go through the baptism that I'm about to go through, which was only uh, to Jesus going to the cross for our sins, The third one is Christian baptism, where Jesus says, you are to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then the fourth baptism, which is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We went over the first, we left out the baptism of suffering, because that is not one that we do. That's one that Jesus did. But the baptism of John we learned about last week, the baptism of uh, Christian believers, to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, was last week. Today we're going to be looking at the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the fourth of the th- the fourth of the three. That was going to be funny. The fourth of the do- doctrines of baptism. That I'm sorry. The doctrines of baptisms. Please don't check out. Um, I. This sounds funny, but I typically lead worship from a keyboard up here, and I'm standing up. And you'd think I'm way more physical. I am absolutely exhausted from playing piano this morning. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I was just into it. I I believe that the Spirit of God was moving, moving in you, moving in us, and and it has prepared the ground for us to receive today. So I want to ask you to pray, Lord, soften my heart that I might receive, that as the Word is given to me today, that I would be good ground. The soil of my heart would be ready to receive and not reject, not take it and then leave here and lose it, but that it would get in my heart. Can you agree with that? The Word of God in my heart. So let's just dive right in to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Matthew, I'm jumping way ahead. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Indeed, I baptize you with water unto repentance. So we know that John is talking here. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, I want to continue to lay the foundation because it's, it, it's easy for us to get thrown off track. And I'm going to continue to try to keep us on track. This says that Jesus is going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire, but Jesus earlier had said, hey, the baptism that you're going through, it's not John's baptism. You are to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is not the same thing as Jesus baptizing in the Holy Spirit. For me to be baptized in the name, it says to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is in water, but someone's coming later that's going to baptize you with something other than water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. We learned last week that this word with can be interchanged within. So the word baptize is to be immersed in something. So we see the two baptisms, John's baptism and Christian baptism is in water. We saw that with Paul that he said, how are you baptized? We were baptized in John's baptism. So what did Paul do? He baptized them again in water. Then I'm going to Put one more piece to that whole circumstance, that whole moment. What happened? You're going to see three things happened in that one passage. So, does it feel like I'm running I am. I'm I'm excited because I believe that the that illumination of the Word of God is going to come to you today. That's what I desire. That's what I believe God desires. So, Mark chapter one verse eight. Says again, indeed, I baptize you with water, but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So we just looked at Matthew's gospel. That, there's Mark's. Let's look at Luke's, just in case one of these guys kind of interpreted things different. John, Luke, chapter three, verse sixteen. Do you know that the 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 gospel message is given? four different times by four different people because we have a tendency of sometimes seeing things differently. So we have the gospel of four different people, the gospel of Christ given to us by four different people. Because I can tell you, if I witness something, sometimes I see something different than you see. And I believe that the spirit of God, that the word of God, that Jesus knows, hey, Things can kind of be seen differently. So I'm going to give you four different people's perspective. They come from different jobs, different backgrounds, different histories. These Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all very different people. Now, I'm completely off track, but the reason we're seeing this four times is just in case, hey, somebody didn't quite see it that way. I want you to know that the church will take Scripture and see things different. What's important is that we see what it is that Jesus is trying to say to us, not the way we want to receive it. We have a tendency of making Scripture fit what we want. And that is a dangerous road to go down. So it is my desire that the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us in truth. There is one truth and that we get that. Okay, let's keep going. So here's Luke's account. John answered, saying to all, indeed, I baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. Whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Then let's look at John's. He says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John's even going a little bit step further to say, this is the one. This one. Jesus. If we'll look at Acts chapter 1, verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. So I want to ask the question, why did Jesus come to give us the baptism in the Holy Spirit? What's it for? Why is it here? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a second encounter with God. The first being conversion um, conversion or salvation. Your salvation experience. The second one being the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it's an encounter with the, where the Christian begins to receive. I'm going to show you. Let's just look at it before I say it. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So can you pull from this scripture the why to receiving the Holy Spirit? There's two main things that is said here. Can anybody catch it? Y'all got them both. Power to witness. The main reason for the infilling of the Holy Spirit for this second encounter is to equip you to be a witness for Christ. It's to give you supernatural power to be able to reach the dead and the lost. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and to Judea and to all the ends of the earth. So the baptism in the Holy Spirit is given supernaturally to give us power from on high to be witnesses for Christ. And this promise was fulfilled at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell on 120 gathered in the upper room. Now, if you don't know the story, so let me just give you a real quick story. Jesus died was in the grave for three days. He arose, and he walked the earth for a few more days. And he was witnessed by about 500 people. He told about 500 people to go to this upper room. Now, only 120 made it. I'd say it's kind of still where the church is. Would you agree? About 120 made it. I wonder if I would have been one of those 500 if I would have been the 120 or if I would have been too busy doing my own thing. Knowing me, I probably would have thought I was too busy. I just know me. I would hope I would have been one of the 120, but I've got to ask myself regularly, where am I, God, when you're speaking to me? Am I listening and am I following? Man is no different today than they were then. It says that the church would have even crucified Christ. We would have still even done that. And I struggle with that, knowing really kind of who I am. It's what we're learning on Wednesday nights about repentance and how good God is. He's so good, even knowing what our heart is. But so there's this 500 that saw, that, that were disciples of Christ, that Christ talked to and said, go to the upper room, but only 120 made it. These 120 that came to the upper room were believers, these were believers in the upper room praying. Knowing that something was coming, that Jesus had said, that a promise is coming, my Father's going to send you a promise. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says that when they were in one accord, and that's not a Honda, but when they were together, when they were unified, it says right here, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. <clears throat> They were told to go to the upper room. The Holy Spirit was finally poured out. The prophecy that had been throughout Isaiah, that had been through, through the Old Testament, and then Jesus saying it again, that the, the, the promise of the Father is coming, was finally fulfilled at Pentecost. Huge day for the, for the new covenant Christian. feel like the, the dam broke. And the Holy Spirit was finally poured out for us all to be able to receive. We did not have it until Jesus left. And and the, the Father sent us His Spirit. So the second experience, again, was to equip the Christian with power for service. It's the spiritual baptism from Jesus Himself in which He begins to exercise His sovereign possession, control, and use of us in a supernatural fashion through the Holy Spirit one one question that the church has pretty regularly is i thought that i received the holy spirit when i became a christian that's a great question because it says in first corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 that look at the bottom of it no one can say that jesus is lord except by the holy spirit when you receive christ as your lord and savior what you're receiving is his spirit you're receiving the Spirit of Christ. But what we're talking about today, and I'm going to show you from five different accounts in the book of Acts, that you, the, the, the people that received the baptism in the Holy Spirit were already saved. And that they couldn't have been saved without a measure of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll, it wants to get confusing, but don't get confused here. Hang in there with me. It says here that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here. To introduce the unbeliever to Christ as Savior. But I'm not talking about salvation to the unbeliever. We're talking about the empowering ministry of the Holy Spirit for believers. Speaking about an experience which Jesus himself promised when he told his his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. These are people that had already received Christ and his word. Very clear distinction between these two uh, experiences that I'm going to show you in the book of Acts. Do you know that the book of Acts is the only book in the Bible that shows us the early church? It's important that we understand the book of Acts to be able to see how the church um, is to operate the way that the first Christians operated. The Gospels are the the stories of the life of Jesus. The Epistles are the teaching letters dealing with problems and difficulties in Christian life, interpreting and explaining provisions and promises of God to the member of the body of Christ. But it's the book of Acts that shows the actual life and experience of the church. So when we look at the book of Acts, there are five passages there that describe the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in which we've come to call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let's look at those. So I'm only going to look at two. I'm going to tell you where the others are. The first one is Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 1 through 21, which is Pentecost. We've already talked about it. The 120 went up. We're in one accord. The Holy Spirit was poured out upon them like a rushing wave, and signs and miracles followed them. You with me? Acts chapter 8, verse 4, I encourage you to switch to there. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. We're, gonna, we're actually going to start with verse 14. Verse 14. And this is the Samaritan revival under the preaching of Philip. Miracles and signs of wonders accompany his preaching. But what happens is is that Peter and John come down from Jerusalem to minister the baptism in the Holy Spirit to these new converts that had received Christ under Philip, but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hadn't fallen on them. Let's look at it. Starting with verse... Oops. Oops. Uh, I've lost my place. Acts chapter 4. I think I put the whole thing in there, but I want to start. Can you help me back there, Liz? I want to start with verse 14. Acts 8:14. It should be in there. Just look ahead. My poor eyes. It's right there. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. For when they had come down, prayed for them that they may receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Is there any doubt that we're talking about two separate things? Philip preached the word, signs and miracles followed. They received Christ and were water baptized. Peter and John were then sent back for them to receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them. Is there any doubt? I'm reading from the New King James. If we look to the King James, it would read almost identical. Just a little bit easier to read. Give us, give us truth, Lord. The Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Separate. Separate experience. So important that two of these main disciples were sent back to make sure that they received. Right? Okay, thank you. I need a little bit of encouragement, I guess. After having laid hands on him. Uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 11. We're not going to look at that one. Um, this is Paul on the road to Damascus. Y'all know that story? He's walking down the road. He is, he is uh, after Christians. He is really um, the number one enemy of Christians at this time. He is after them. And he is hit with the light. Blind, blinded by the light. I don't know what the next line is. Everybody always messes up. I'm not even going to try to say it. I'll get myself in trouble. But he was blinded by the light. On that road received Christ. Said, who is speaking? And Jesus revealed himself to him, received Christ, and said, go to this man, Ananias. He's going to give you the next step. What did Ananias do? Prayed that he would receive the Holy Spirit. His eyes were opened. He received the Holy Spirit. What did Ananias do? Uh, God, who are you sending to me? The guy that's persecuting Christians? Uh, No, thank you. I don't want to talk to him. When he finds out what I do, he'll get me. Jesus is like, no, this is the one. He's coming. Lay hands on him that he might receive the Holy Spirit. Go back and read it. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 11. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 46. Peter preaches to the household of Cornelius. Cornelius. The people receive forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus, are converted. And as he's preaching, the Holy Spirit falls on them. I want you to know there's not one way to receive. There's a lot. There's several. But here with Peter, they received Christ, and then the Holy Spirit was poured out. Finally, in Acts chapter 19, we're going to look at this one, then I'm going to close. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. Turn your Bibles with me there. Acts chapter 19, verse 1, Paul finds his 12 disciples at Ephesus who know Jesus as Savior but have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And watch what happens. This one's one's one of my favorites for several reasons. Tell me when you're there. You need to be there on this page. Acts chapter 19. Liz, will you turn the page for me? As it happened, while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said, Okay, don't turn the page, Liz. Liz, Leave it here just for a second. So they said to him, We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. I want you to know I believe that the church finds themselves right here. Now, nothing's broken. Nothing's necessarily wrong. We're just missing a huge step. And I believe it's due to a religious spirit. I believe it's due to the work of the enemy trying to keep us from being empowered because we're afraid, really, of what God has for us. Because this... Holy Spirit has been so perverted by the world that the church has decided in order to not have division, let's just remove it. I'm not trying to make a stand. Well, really, I am. There are divisions within the church that need to be tore down, and this is one of them. Now, I want you to know, even where we stand, uh, as a Baptist church or as a church, non-denominational church or as a charismatic church, we have our issues too. But church, I know that you've probably been taught a thousand different ways here. For a moment, remove the teaching and replace it with the Word of God. Start there again. This is, again, about a foundation that has been broken over years in the church that needs to be repaired. Okay. Amen. I got Juanita. (laughs) Let's keep going. Next verse, uh, Liz. And he said to them, Into then what were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Let's keep going. And Paul said, Indeed. Indeed. John, indeed, baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Next verse. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, let's stop. What is that? Baptized in the name? Christian water baptism. They had already been baptized in John's baptism. Paul corrected that, saying it's not... When we receive Christ, we don't just get the repentance and the remission of sin we get the fullness of Christ we don't just get free of our junk we get what the king has for us do you follow me we now come under the kingdom of God not just freed of our mess there's so much more to our Christian walk than to just get free of our junk but then so they were baptized in water they were believers but they had not been baptized in Christian baptism, Paul corrected that in the next verse. So he's just baptized them in water, and when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. All three, all three baptisms are all right here wrapped into this one experience in Acts that shows how clearly they're all separate Now, we don't deal with John's baptism anymore. We just go straight to Christian baptism, which I think was a new covenant correction. John came for the reason of paving the way for Christ. So he did not have Christ's baptism, but he still had baptism. Then John corrected it, allowing Jesus. Jesus came in and said, I need to correct this. John came under that. Saying, hey, somebody else is coming that's going to redo what I've done. I'm preparing the way for Christ. When he comes, we go his way. Jesus comes to baptize in the Holy Spirit to empower us. Why do we need to be empowered? Because he left. We don't just receive salvation. We receive power. We can't miss the power. Conversion is one experience, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate one. So, as I close this morning, the way to receive I believe that there are multiple ways to receive according to God's Word, but the primary ways that we we receive are by the laying on of hands and by asking. We receive it by faith, by the laying on of hands. And by asking, I'm just going to show you real quick, Acts chapter 19, verse 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. We just read that. But I also want you to see in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? What I want to pause and ask you to really ask yourself is, are you really building these foundations? Or are you playing a religious game? I want to encourage you, tear up that foundation of a religious game and lay the foundation. Get water baptized. Genuinely learn to repent regularly. Increase your faith by being in the Word of God and by being connected to the body of Christ Get water baptized and get spirit baptized. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in my shower. That may say, ooh, who laid hands on you in the shower? No one. It was of me by myself. I was 17 years old, and I believe it took hold right then. However, I went to a thing and had Derek Prince lay hands on me to receive, but I believe I received by my asking. Why not? Why have you not been water baptized? Why have you not been spirit baptized? Is it because you're afraid of what God has for you? I can't hardly compute that statement. I believe if you're afraid of what God has for you, it's because you don't know God. you don't know what you're missing. Let's just pray together.